What up, everybody? I hope everybody had a good Mother's Day weekend. I did. You know what I ate? I ate pizza and ceviche. That stuff is good. If you never had ceviche, you're missing out. It's like they chop up onions, tomatoes, fish, or shrimp. You cook it in lemon. It's really good. Never had it. You should try it. Um, crazy fight this past weekend. You hear all about it. I am still working on the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get everything situated so I can start pumping out videos. I'm getting closer and closer to that. Don't worry. Make sure you keep an eye out. I will be promoting it on all my social media. Punch in the mouth official and official underscore PITM. That's both Instagram and Twitter. But that's all I got for you guys, guys. Enjoy the show. Have a great weekend. Deuces. What's up, everybody? I hope everybody had a good weekend. We had PFL 3, we had Bellator 280, and we had UFC 274. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with PFL 3. Bro, what a card that was. That was a great card. Kayla Harrison dominates. A lot of people are giving her flag because she looked dominant, but... She looked like she didn't want to finish the fight. And in the PFL, you know, that could be detrimental. I'm not saying she didn't want to finish the fight. But she's saying she kept slipping off. Maybe this chick was better than what Kayla had anticipated. And I don't know. I don't want to say she didn't train correctly. But maybe she didn't train as hard. I'm just guessing. I'm not saying she did or didn't do things. I'm guessing at this point. So we shall see what happens. Anthony Pettis. He looks like he's coming back to form. And I could say things about Anthony. But I don't want to take away from his shine. Like for example you could say. Well the guy he fought hadn't fought in three years. So it doesn't matter. Anthony looked like he was back in form. So we'll see where he fights next. You know it would be interesting. It would be interesting if they match up. Because this is what PFL usually does. They'll match up a person that lost their first fight with a person that won their first fight. So to me, it'll be interesting if they match up Jeremy and Anthony in the second round of the PFL. Rory McDonald, another one. He looked like the Red King. An interesting fact about this is that Rory actually went back with John Donaher and Faraz Sahabi because for his... Last couple of training camps, he was training at Sanford MMA with Henry Hoof, which is no slouch in himself, but he went back with his old coaches. So we shall see what happens there. 
um, Ray Cooper the third. So I something happened to that guy because for one hand it looked like he was in the best of shape. He looked like Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz is the last fight. Like he didn't look like he was in the best of shape. So we'll see about what happens there. So he gets no points because for one he lost, and then two he didn't make weight. So if he would have won, he would have had no points. Mm. And Larissa Pachikio, that girl's scary, man. That girl is scary. I know a lot of people are saying, well, we want to see Kayla fight Chris Cyborg because she's talking all this man. We want to see her fight Amanda Nunes because she's talking all this man. Even. We want to see her fight Juliana Pena at catchweight. But there is a woman here that is a very interesting and scary matchup for her that she doesn't need a co-weight or any of that stuff. Her name is Larissa Pachikio, and she beat the girl in a minute and 30 seconds. So she's the front runner now because the entire women's division fought that night, so I'll tell you. Granada Fabia won, but she couldn't get any points because um, she missed weight. Larissa Pachikio picks it. Quick six. Johnny Robo won. Olena won. So everybody besides Larissa Pachikio that one only has three points. So if Kayla goes in, dominates her second fight, she'll have nine points. If if Larissa wins again, she automatic I believe if Larissa wins regardless, like she could win just wins the next fight. She's in the playoffs because she's the only woman in this card on the entire division fought that day that won by finish because everybody else won by decision so they get three points so I believe if Larissa just wins her next fight she's in the playoffs now what I want to see happen here is I don't want to see Kayla and Larissa fight in the playoffs I want them both to make it and both of them to be I want, so this is what I want, so this doesn't happen. I want Kayla and Larissa to be the number one and number two seed. That way, the only way they fight each other is on the champion's night. And that's five rounds. Because I believe the three round favors Larissa, and I believe five rounds will favor Kayla. But I don't want to see it because of that. I want to see it because I believe they're the two best girls in the organization. I believe Larissa Pachikio has a real shot at beating Kayla Harrison. Especially if they would have fought Friday night. I can't say with confidence Kayla Harrison would have beat Larissa Pachikio if they would have fought Friday night. But of course, they know Larissa's a real threat, so they're going to keep her away from Kayla. So they could build up the Champions Night and have people... Like, if that fight were to happen on Champions Night, I care. Remember what I said last time? Make me care. I care. I believe enough people will care. 
if Rory McDonald and Anthony Pettis keep running through the competition like they did Friday night, people will care and get the champions night. Especially with that guy that beat Jeremy Stevens, what's his name? Clay Collard? Clay Collard versus Anthony Pettis, champions night. See if Anthony could. That guy is for real. This Clay Collard guy? He's for real. I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do in the UFC. And I hate saying that, right? Because, like, what if he doesn't want to go there? Wait, he was in the UFC, I think. Oh, no, he was a poster fighter of the UFC, but he withdrew, and I guess they didn't have a contract in place. Okay, Collar, he's no joke, man. Okay. So I don't like saying I want to see what they could do in the UFC because then that sounds like I'm diminishing what PFL, Bellator, one do. But yeah, they're going to keep Larissa Pachikio away from Kayla Harrison for as long as they can. Is there any... And I don't know when the next PFL event is supposed to take place. Has any division not fought? I believe all the division have fought their first fight. That's why. Hold on. Let me Google search it. And maybe it'll help. I know they take a couple weeks off during the first half of the season. And the second half. Yes, yeah, they're not coming back until June 17th. Anna OTE Arena to host second half of PFL regular season beginning. Yeah, see, they're not coming back until June 7th. So what they usually do is they'll have three, because so the tournament format, each person in the tournament is guaranteed two fights, like a regular season. I'm explaining to people that don't know. If you know, I, I am sorry. But... <laughs> So they'll do it in half. So like last Friday was the last night of the first half. So now they take about a month off, let the fighters heal up, and then they go again. So now they're going to go to Atlanta. Last year they were, they held it in Miami. No, the first half was held in, in New Jersey, New York City. And then the second half was held in Miami, and that's where they had the playoffs and the champions night. So now, the the second half of the PFL dates are June 17th, June 24th, and July 1st. And it's going to be at the Overtime Elite, which is like a basketball stadium. A basketball league. Because that's where the new league takes place on. But yeah, June 17th, June 24th, and July 1st. So we shall see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if Kayla is going to fight on this July 1st card. Because she's their top athlete. So of course, they're going to have her. They're going to build her fights up as fast as possible. Another guy to keep out for is. Bruno Capiloza, the heavyweight champion, and Cara de Zapato Shoeface, 
the light heavyweight champion? So we shall see what happens. We shall see what happens. Let's move on to Bellator 280. I have a disclaimer. Thank you. I did not watch the main event of Ryan Bader vs. Czech Congo. I was doing something I did not watch. I did watch y'all Romero versus Alex Pelosi. I'm telling you guys, I feel... I don't know if Corey wins the belt. No, but even then, I still feel Yoel has a chance because he has that knockout power. And Yoel has good defensive wrestling. I think he could win the belt. As crazy as that sounds. Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo. This is going to sound cocky, but that one is I thought I knew Ryan would win. Like, um, if there's any division out there that um, you want to call lackluster is the Bellator heavyweight division. I don't want to say it's a joke, but, but come on. Your next challenger for Ryan Bader is probably going to be Fedor Emelianenko, who Ryan Bader beat in one punch. Like, come on. You're never going to hear me say, I want to see a heavyweight from Bellator fight in the UFC. Because it's virtually non-existent. Like, look how long it took Bader to defend the belt. Look how long it took him to defend the belt. Because he went to the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Now, like, listen to this. Corey Anderson. It took me a while to... Remember his last name, sorry. Says, I'll go up to heavyweight division and fight Bader. That's interesting to me because he's the last guy to beat Bader at light heavyweight. So I wonder if the weight difference will help Bader or help Corey. So that's something I would like to see. And then next week, Bellator wraps up their five-week event with MVP versus Storley. Now, if you, keep, if you follow this podcast, uh, you do know it was originally supposed to be MVP versus Yamosov, but because of the Ukraine war, I already explained all of this, but just in case you're a new listener, hopefully you are, he had to pull out because he's defending his country. Also... Douglas Lima was supposed to fight Jason Jackson for whatever reason. That fight. Oh, Lima got hurt, so he pulled out, and it's gonna be it's gonna be rescheduled. I didn't know about that, but I hear it saying he got hurt. So, so now the new co-main. So the card goes as follows: Logan Storley will fight Michael Venom Page. Leona Machido will fight. Leon Edwards' brother Fabian Edwards, Denise Kilholt will fight Kanana Wannabe or Watanabe. Paul Daly will fight Wendell Giacomo. Luke Trainer will fight Simeon Beyong. Daniel Welch will fight Rob Whiteford. I'm excited for this fight. I believe this would be MVP's last fight on his contract 
I'm not too confident in saying that, but I believe that's what it is. It makes sense, right? Because of the Champions Clause so Bellator could because he's had said some words that he feels that he might jump to the UFC because Bellator didn't want to give him any fights, so we shall see what happens. And then they go on break until like June fourteenth, right? Musasi versus Sonny Eblin. June fourteenth, right? June twenty-fourth. Dang, they're gonna be on the shelf for a while. And see, this is the problem, right? So you have Bellator, you have PFL, you have one. One I hope this Amazon deal helps them, but they cannot break into the U.S. market whatsoever. So, Bellator had this string of events, beginning with Pitbull and McKee. So, they went April 15th, all the way to May, let's say a month. So, they had a month of events every week. So, now... And the same thing with PFL. They had three events in three weeks. So now you're taking about a month off. And so is um, PFL. Whereas UFC. Let's see. UFC. They're going. They're good. This is the reason UFC is the leader. Because they're going. And I'm going to keep going until it tells me that they have a. A week of, look, keep going, keep going. Okay, so up to right now, they have from right now all the way to July 30th book, and they even have October booked already, which will be October 22nd, which will be their Abu Dhabi event. This, this This is, um, the UFC I'm talking about, and right now, they have. Magomeraki, like the last, um, the last event book they have right now in these coming weeks is UFC 277. <clears throat> They're gonna do, I'll get into it later, but my point is, like, look, from right now, the UFC has all the way to July 30th book with events. They just have to announce the events and they even have October booked already. I'm pretty sure they're already ready working on a schedule for the final part of 2022. So, like, that's my point. My point is the UFC is the best because they have the means to keep going. They don't need to take these breaks. That's my point here. So, now let me go all the way back. Okay, here we go. UFC 274. First and foremost, what I want to say is the weight um, controversy. I find it hard to believe that Charles Oliveira missed weight if a bunch of fighters are coming out and saying, Whoa, we came out 0.5 and we were fine. Another thing I find hard to believe, even if he didn't make weight, how in the heck? When he weighs in, he goes, I weighed in 155.5 with my shorts on. I took them off. I still weighed 155.5. 
There is no way those shorts weighed 0, 0.0 pounds. They had to weigh some type of weight. Even if he went from 155 to 154.5. I don't care. That at least shows that he, he took off some weight. I don't care that he didn't make it. I'm saying there had to be something wrong with those scales in order for that to happen. And what the heck? Like, is that the Arizona Commission not going to take responsibility? They made a statement. They made a statement. Let me see if I can go find. I should have had this up. They made a statement. They made a statement. Oh, here it is. This is from Nolan King of MMA Junkie. Let me see what I could find. He had it up on his page. Oh, look. They just rebooked Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lozon for June 18th. That's dope. Look, this guy's like me. This. One of the biggest misconceptions is the UFC equals absolute MMA. Nah, talent exists everywhere. Top talent. Hashtag UFC 74. And because he was quoting a tweet. And I've been saying this. Just want to remind anyone ever doubting at Bellator fighters. Look no further than Mike. My God, who's been saying that? Yours truly. Mike Chandler's proving it. We're going to get into it later, but. Okay, so the, the Nolan King, who works for MMA Junkie, he got a statement from the Arizona Boxing and MMA Commission. Promoters are allowed to use the scale of their choice for official weigh-ins as long as it has been deemed Appropriately calibrated by Arizona Boxing and MMA Commission staff. Staff reviewed the official weigh-in scale to ensure proper calibration and found no issue prior and during the official weigh-in. Any scale used for any purpose other than the official weigh-in, such as those that may be used for fighters to unofficially test their weight, are not calibrated or inspected by the commission staff as they are typically provided by the promoter, not the Arizona Boxing and MMA Commission. I find this hard to believe. I think this statement is to show that this isn't our fault. This is... So, the argument is that Charles, when he tested his weight, he was on weight. So I find that hard to believe that if it was just him, okay, something's wrong here, Charles, you did something wrong. But if other fighters came out and said, yo, this also happened to us, like, what's going on here? And the 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 underlining issue here is since it's a title fight. So for those who don't know, if you're not in a title fight, you can weigh up to 156, like whatever weight class you are, like. I believe the heavyweight limit is 265. You could weigh up to 266.0. If you're not in a title fight. You could weigh up to 265.3. Blah, blah, blah. In a title fight, you need to weigh the weight limit, which is 265.0. That's what you need to weigh for title fight. So. 
I find it hard to believe that other fighters are coming out and saying, yo, these scales are off, something's wrong. And then Charles is the only one that gets um, reprimanded. And then here's a tweet from the weasel saying, they took 20% of all the rest person and got stripped over this. If he got paid at least 500k, that's six figures they took from him. Look, and it says UFC, UFC official Mark Ratner addresses Charles Oliveira missing weight and admits practice scale may have been tampered with. You see? Let's see what this says. I have not read this. Okay, so if then if they're testing their weight and the, the calibration is off, let's see. Just over 24 hours ahead of the event, Oliveira hit the scale at 155.5. I have a pound over the limit for championship belt. And his lightweight title was stripped. Almost immediately after that happened, MMA fighting confirmed with several sources that the practice scale fighters used to check their weight prior to the official weigh-in may have been off, which could have been the reason why Oliveira thought he had already hit the mark before being told he was over the limit. In response to those questions, UFC Vice President of Regulatory Affairs Mark Ratner addressed Oliveira issues while addressing the legitimacy of the scale used, by, used at the official weigh-ins. The official scale, which is the one they weigh in on Friday with the Arizona Commission between 9 and 11, when that weigh-in took place, 28 of the fighters made weight, Ratner told MMA on Sirius XM. So I'm very, very sure nothing was untoward on that scale. That scale was accurate. What people are talking about is the night before their scales where fighters come down and check their weight. Some fighters wanted to change the scale from pounds to kilograms, which you can do. And I think that may have knocked it. And we don't have proof of anything, but it may have knocked the practice scale out of calibration. Okay. So everything I just said about the Arizona statement, I guess I have to take back. I'm sorry, Arizona Boxing and MMA Commission. Please forgive me. So the problem here was the test scales. If it's out of calibration, of course, and you see something. A second scale is used at both the host hotel for the event as well as backstage where the fighters can check their weight before standing before a commission official for actual weigh-ins. According to Randall, UFC officials were informed about the problem with the practice scale, which then led to an alert being issued to the fighters just before the official weigh-in started that morning. When we found out there was a problem with the scale early on Friday morning, somewhere around 8, 8 to 8.30 a.m., we got another scale that was calibrated and put it out there, Ratner said. When the fighters first came down on Friday morning, they would go to the scale and then they would know if they were a little bit over and they had a chance to lose the weight. Unfortunately, Oliveira hit the scale at 155.5 and even after an extra hour to cut the additional half pounds, he was unable to get down to the lightweight limit for the championship fight. 
I'm not sure what time Charles or his camp came down on Friday, but he's saying he checked the wait Thursday night and everything was fine. Radner said, I can say for sure on Friday there was nothing wrong with the official scale. While Olivero was ultimately successful in his fight against Gaethje, the weight issue still cost him the UFC lightweight title and he's now considered the number one contender in the division rather than the defending champion. As far as addressing this issue for future events, Rander shut down suggestions that the UFC or the Athletic Commission should make a change to digital skills. Rander believed that this could actually cause even bigger issues, which is why he sees no reason to change the current skills used for UFC, the UFC weigh-in. Digital scales sometimes you'll get tenths of ounce, a pound is 16 ounces. So you'd hate to have a regular fight, and the weight is supposed to be 155, and you go up to 156 and on, and the digital scale could weigh 156.2. Ryan explained that he does that doesn't make sense. We've always used the meat scale. It's accurate, it's balanced, it's calibrated, so I have no problem using it. We've been successful using it for 15 years that I've been doing it. So now the problem was the unofficial scales. Okay, now this makes sense. So, okay. Okay, you're saying the root of the problem would be that fighters wanted kilograms and others wanted pounds? That's fine. You know what you need to do next time? And I know the UFC has the budget to do it, so don't tell me that's not an option. You put two different scales, one calibrated to pounds and one calibrated to kilograms, and you leave them alone. You tell them, this one is kilograms, this one is pounds. Do not touch them. Do not mess with it, please. Because if this is what caused Charles to not be able to defend his belt, I feel sorry for him because... If he's going on Thursday being, oh, nothing's wrong. And the other thing is, the UFC officials tell the fighters, yo, that scale wasn't calibrated. If you were sure you made weight last night, check right now. Because if he go, if he's going downstairs, and it's, it was from 9 to 11, they said? Yeah, 9 and 11. Let's say he's going down. 10.30, I made the weight. You, he weighs in. What the heck? And then again, the trousers thing has me all crazy, bro. Like, I don't understand. But apparently it wasn't the official scale the problem. Apparently it was the testing scale. So let's get back to the fight card. I'm already angry. Charles Oliveira defeats Justin Gaethje. By rear naked choke. Carla Esparza defeats Rose Namajunas to become the new UFC Women's Strawweight Champion. Michael Chandler defeats Tony Ferguson via KO front kick. Owen St. Prue defeats Mauricio Shogunhua split decision. Randy Brown defeats Chaos Williams. Francisco Chinaldo beats Danny Roberts. Macy Chion beats Norma Dumont. Brandon Royval beats Matt Chanel. 
Pecori y Mona, Beach Marcos, Rodrigo de Lima. Okay, and then Lupita Godinez beats Ariane Carnilosi. Okay, we're gonna get to Lupita Godinez in a minute. Michael Chandler is the man. Okay. I will yell this at the rooftops. Michael Chandler is the man. That shows me AJ McKee is the man. Patricio Pitbull is the man. That was the most vicious kick I've ever seen. The only thing to match it, and this one was worse because it was under the chin. This one. When Anderson kicked Vitor in the face. But Anderson kicked him in the face. Michael Chandler kicked Tony Ferguson in the jaw. I wonder if his jaw's broken. I don't know. But that knockout was vicious. First and foremost, Tony Ferguson is not done. Tony Ferguson was winning that fight up until that kick. Confident. He hurt Michael a couple times. There was something different in Tony's eyes. He just got caught. And congrats to Michael. And I love the promo he cut afterwards. That he wants to fight the winner of Oliver and Gaethje. Five rounds. Um, or he'll fight Conor McGregor at 170. And now apparently he'll even fight Nate Diaz on July 30th. At 170. Because Nate's trying to get a fight. That's another thing. <laughs> like, that's a whole other thing in itself. But Michael Chandler is the man. So what's next for Chandler? It's Tuesday, right? So the new ranking should be out. So Michael Chandler's at five. Um, Islam is at four. Justin is at three. So, if I'm Michael and I want to just continue to climb up the rankings, I know he called out Connor. I know he called out Nate. I know he called out the winner of Oliver Gaethje. But if I'm him, I'm shooting at Dustin. Because Dustin is open. And that'll be fireworks in itself. Him and Dustin will be fireworks. And that'll climb him up the rankings. And he... He has a legit shot to beat Oliveira. I'm telling you that if he would have got up and cracked Oliveira again, he probably would have beat him back in May of last year. But that's just me. But if I'm him, I'm trying to fight Dustin. I know he wants a payday, but if you want to climb the rankings, fight Dustin. And then Oliveira is probably going to fight Islam, even though they're saying they're still trying to get Islam to fight Benil. And then, honestly, people are going to get upset about what I'm about to say, but have Justin fight Connor. They were talking a little, or have Connor fight Tony. They were talking a little smack to each other. So, have them fight each other. That's what I think. Carla Esparza beats Rose Namin is in what's consensusly 
consensusly the most boring fight in UFC history. It's a surprise, right? Because Rose has that crazy knockout of Wei Li. She has that crazy TKO victory over Joanna. Um, she has that crazy war with Jessica Andrade. Like, these girls hit hard, but yeah, for whatever reason, she fought Carla like she was afraid of her. And I'm not saying Carla did more, but Carla did more than Rose to win this fight. So the hate Carla's getting, I don't understand it. It should fall on both of them. With that being said, the the door to the mo- the multiverse option of the UFC to the, the door that I thought would never be open is now open. Meaning, if Yohana Yongjingjie goes in on June 11th, beats Wei Li Zhang, you get on that microphone and you'll be like, Carla, let's fight. Remember when I beat your ass? I could do it again. And you set up the return for Joanna to be champion. I thought it would never happen. I honestly thought it would never happen because of how good Rose was. But hold on. I want to see if I could Google it. But I'm going to go with Rose. I want to see something here. So if there's a little bit of dead air, I do apologize. So, okay. Rose beats, she defends the belt once again. So she beat Joanna, and then she beat her again to defend the belt once. And then she loses to Jessica. And then she beat Jessica in a non-title fight. And then she beats Wei Li. And then she defends the belt once against Wei Li. And then she loses to Carla. And how many times did Carla defend it? So, Carla didn't even defend it once because after she fought Rose, she fought Joanna and Joanna beat the brakes off of her. And then Wei Li didn't even defend it once because after she beat Jessica, she lost to Rose. And then Jessica didn't even defend it because after she beat Rose, she lost to Wei Li. So the only defending champion there ever was, I'm going to tell you how many times she defended this belt. So she beats Carla, so she defended it one, two, three, four, five. She even beat Jessica. Yoni Yongjin defended that belt five times. In her one title reign. Between Rose's two. She's defended it twice. So. With this alone. You have to give. Joanna. If she beats Wei Li. You have to give her. A title shot. Like. You have to. And especially if this. Fight in itself. It's going to be three rounds. I believe it's going to favor Joanna more because I believe five rounds will favor Wei Li a little bit more. But if if she wins this fight on June 11th, I believe Joanna Yongqing will become the number one. 
She deserves it. She deserves it because I just listed off how many times she defended the belt. She was in a barn burner with Wei Li. What she could do is if she beats Wei Li, she goes on to fight Carla. Wei Li wins a fight and she goes, oh, let's do the third fight, five rounds. Let's end this trilogy. And let me tell you something. Joanna is, is a, she's probably the underdog, but she's a live dog in this fight. A lot of people thought she won the first fight. Including me. But we shall, we shall see come June 11. That's probably the best fight on the card. No disrespect to Halia Santos and Valentina Shevchenko or Yuri Prochaska and Glover. But that's probably the most competitive fight on this card. So if Joanna wins, cannot wait. She, I believe she deserves a title shot. That door is open. Joanna is in control of her own destiny. I cannot wait. I wonder if Whaley will take more of a wrestling approach or if she will take more of a striking approach. If she takes more of a wrestling approach, I believe Whaley will win the fight because for the first two rounds, she'll take her down. Because Joanna, like, she has cumulative power. Like, the Diaz brothers, will they have cumulative power? Will they eventually knock you out or they won't? Like, she doesn't have that one-hand knockout power. At least I haven't seen it. So we shall see, man. We shall see. But the multiverse is open. Going back to UFC 274. I don't know how Rose thought she won this fight. I honestly don't. Because after the fight was over, she was raising her hand. Being, yeah, I won. I'm like, what? From where? And another disclaimer, I didn't watch this fight live. I watched it after I got home. Because I was watching it with my cousin and he wanted to watch the Canelo fight. Unless they give Rose the immediate rematch, which I don't believe they should. Who should she fight next? I would have her fight Marina Rodriguez. You should fight Marina Rodriguez. Mackenzie. But see, like, the thing is, I know how dangerous Mackenzie's jiu-jitsu is, but her striking isn't there yet. So that's why I'm not excited to see Mackenzie fight like a top fighter yet. Know what would happen. It happened with Marina Rodriguez. You'd probably just stay away from her jiu-jitsu and keep it on the feet. You know what I mean? Oh, so Rose to fight Marina. Carla. If they give it me rematch with Rose, I don't think that'll happen. But we have to see that Whaley uh Joanna fight play out on June eleventh. So let's wait and see what happens there. Okay, main event time. I vented about the scales. I vented about other stuff. So main event time. Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Justin the Highlight Gaethje. Gonna tell you where Justin messed up. He started brawling. He started brawling, and it didn't go well for him. I'll leave it at that. He started brawling. He clipped Charles. He, he got, like, trigger happy because he clipped Charles a couple times. Charles went down. He let him get up. 
Charles stayed composed, calm, and collected. Because even though he was bleeding, he clipped him. Charles got up. All right, let's keep fighting. Charles had great knees. Charles knew Justin wouldn't engage him on his back. So all he would do is lay back with his guard open and be like, come on, bro. And he's like, nope. And so they kept fighting on the feet. Charles eventually caught him. And then Charles, like, one thing Charles does very well, he doesn't get trigger happy. Once he caught Gaethje, he threw himself, but he went into grapple mode. He didn't go to, like, try and sock Gaethje again in the face. No, he didn't do that. He went into grapple mode, grabbed Gaethje's arm, and turned, like, turned himself around into his back with his arm grabbed so Gaethje couldn't grab him. And once he had the back, he had the arm lock, and then they did that transition where he had the back. He got him into an RNC choke. I mean, Dubronx is probably the best lightweight right now. Islam says that Dubronx's jiu-jitsu wouldn't help him against his wrestling. I don't know about all that. I don't know. Even if he gets Charles down, can Charles create scrambles to get Islam tired? I'm not saying he won't get Charles down, but can you keep him there? Without being in danger. Or will Charles create scrambles. Where you're like. Oh my god. I can't do that. And then the stand up happens. And he starts kneeing you in the stomach. And then he eventually rocks you. Gets your back and chokes you out. Can we say that with confidence. That Islam could keep him there. I can't say without confidence. He can't. Like that fight's a toss up. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. That's why I want to see that fight. And then. And then if he beats Islam decisively. Does that motivate Khabib to come back? Khabib says no, but do we really know? No. Does that motivate Umar to be like, okay, I'm going to go to the UFC after I'm finished with my Bellator contract? I don't, these are all what ifs. I don't know. Because Umar Nurmagomedov is really good. Usman Nurmagomedov, not Umar. Umar's featherweight in battle. Usman Nurmagomedov who fights for Bellator is lightweight. I don't know. We shall see. Does that convince Habib Nurmagomedov come back? Be like, I'll fight him. I believe Charles could choke him out too. So we shall see, man. But what a crazy card! What a crazy card! Okay, so Israel's fight has officially been announced. International Fight Week's card has officially been announced. So, this is what it's going to be. Israel Adesanya will fight Jared Cannonier for the middleweight title. Alexander Volkanovsky will fight Max Holloway in a trilogy for the featherweight title. Sean Strickland will fight Alex Pereira. Lauren Murphy will take on Misha Tate at 125. Pedro Munoz will fight Sean O'Malley. Andre Muniz will fight Uriah Hall. Jessica I will fight Macy Barber. Brad Tavares will fight Chris Duplices. And Robbie Lawler will fight Brian Barberina. I'm pretty sure they're going to add more, but for right now, that's where that stands. Bro, what a card. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Okay, what else we got? I mean, my my only worry is that the Israel Adesanya and Jerry Cannonier fight will be Israel versus Romero too, because Cannonier has power and Adesanya will kick the heck out of his legs. That's my only worry. But other than that, it's going to be a good fight. 
So, yesterday, Ariel Hawani reported that they are finalizing an interim title fight between Brandon Moreno for the flyweight belt and Kai Kara France. It says, as previously reported, the original plan was for Davidson Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno. For, however, Figueiredo, the current flyweight champion, is still nursing an injured finger. So the UFC is moving on to an interim title fight between the former champion Moreno and Kai Kara France. Who has won three straight? Moreno lost the belt to Figueiredo in January. Amazingly, Kara France will be one of three city kickboxing fighters fighting for a belt in July. With teammates Israel Adesanya and Alex Volkanovski scheduled to defend their respective titles on July 2nd as well. UFC 277 does not have a finalized location yet, but the current frontrunner sources to host the event is Dallas. Also currently stated on that card is Julian Opinion versus Amanda Nunez too, although that is not quite allowed just yet per sources. Nathan Diaz has also been campaigning for a fight on that card. Though there currently isn't a deal in place for that to happen yet. Okay. So remember that massive board league? So Dana White came out and said, Well, those are just placeholders. Dana, you always say stuff like that. Get caught. But anyway, stop doing that. Anyway. We shall see what happens because I believe the last piece of. Stuff I have for you guys is oh oh I'll keep that for last. So after the fights, after the fights, Nate went on Twitter and said, "July thirtieth, one seventy. I'm gonna read to you exactly what he wrote. He says Hamzits and Connor are injured, are on the injured pussy list. So I don't know why they're talking shit. They." When they broke in. And then the last tweet goes. Just for the record. I choke Oliveira easy. easy." So when he says Hamzit. He means Hamzat. And. So. According to Dana. One of the placeholder fights was. Nave versus. Hamzat on July 2nd. Um. And I guess that fight was scheduled to happen, but apparently Hamzat is hurt. And then when he goes, just for the record, I choke Oliveira easy. Can I tell you guys, that's not a... A lot of people be like, ah, well, Oliveira will wash Nate. No, he won't. I'm not saying Nate would choke him out or be an easy win for Nate. But Nate has good boxing. We've seen Oliveira get clipped. We've seen this and that. And Nate's a Caesar Gracie black belt. And I'm telling you, if those guys go on the floor, it'll be an even fight. And I'm telling you, if it's a five-round fight, I give Nate the edge. Because of his boxing and his cardio. And we've seen Oliveira get clipped. And I'm not telling you, Nate's going to clip him with one shot and that's it. Nate's going to drown him. And I believe that's where we're going to see Oliveira drown and quit. Not quit, but not be able to keep up. So this is how I see that fight going. The first two rounds, I'll give it Oliveira. Round three is where the title will start to turn. And But hold on. Then Chandler comes out to say, Hey, Nate Diaz, shut up and stop complaining. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your head down until your daddy books you a fight. 
and get your sacrificial dome bounced off the canvas again. Maybe I'll it'll be me if you're lucky. See you at the top. And then it goes July 30th, and then Chandler went on to quote one of Diaz's tweets that says the July 30th, 170. And then Chandler replies, I'm there, quick turnaround, spin your head on its to He put spin your head on its axis, but it should be to spin your head on an axis. And then Nate replied to this saying, Chandler's ready, so I'm ready. Let me see if I can find that. I don't know if I can. And then I got one more thing. I had so much fun doing this. I was already an hour and I didn't know that. And then Hamza replied, said, Bitch, you're not ashamed to open your mouth at all. You refused to fight me 10 times. That's his reply to ideas. I don't know where I read it, but he did reply saying, oh, right here. UFC got me on ice for a year now. Chandler's obviously ready to fight. Send me a contract. It's time. He's willing to fight Chandler. And I understand, like, his last fight with Leon Edwards didn't help him a lot, but Nate's still really good. I'm telling you, like, the, the the Oliveira fight, the Chandler fight, the McGregor fight. And, like, Nate's training has gotten better over the years because now he trains with wrestlers. What was I going to do? I was going to look at something else. Oh, now I remember that. Um, Right here. Chandler says, okay, just watch the UFC 274. Congrats, Talavera, but I will finish you within two rounds in a rematch. To you, this fall slash summer, who wants to see this unfinished business, this unfinished business rematch. And I love the comments. People say, how is it unfinished? But okay, that's it. Last thing I want to talk about is, well, it's more just congratulations to Daniel Cormier. He made it to the UFC Hall of Fame. I don't know if I did it for Khabib, but Khabib also deserves it. But I want to say it for Daniel because I remember first watching Daniel as an alternate to the Strike Force Grand Prix, heavyweight Grand Prix. And that that one was stacked with Fedor, Antonio Silva, Josh Barnett. I forgot who Josh Barnett fought in the first round. Alistair Overeem, Fabricio Verdum. Sergey Karatonov. Sergey Karatonov ended up matching with Andre Arlovsky in the first one. He beat the brakes off of Andre. But then, who did Josh fight in the first round? Okay, let me see here. Because I didn't. So, 
Oh, he fought Brett. Rod Brett Rogers was good too, man. So okay, the original. This is the original lineup for the heavyweight. So Fedor fought Antonio Silva when Antonio Silva was on. He was on all the supplements, bro. Fabricio Verdum fought Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem won his fight, but I believe he really wanted to fight Fedor. That once Fedor lost, he just pulled out of the tournament and went on to the UFC. Because at that point, the UFC had already bought him, but I guess they were going to let him do this tournament, and then everybody would go over there. But Alistair just wanted to expedite the process and just pulled out of the tournament after he beat Fabricio. Um, Sergey Karatonov beat Andre Arlovsky, and then Josh Barnett beat Brett Rogers. Okay, so Daniel was the alternate. I forgot who Daniel fought to be the alternate. So Daniel ended up taking over Overeem spot. So he went on to fight Antonio Silva. He beat the brakes off of Antonio Silva. And then he went on to fight Josh Barnett in the finals. And that was a super hard fight for him, but he became champion. And then he was, his final strike force fight was supposed to be against Frank Mir. That Frank Mir said he would go to strike force and fight him. Ed Herman did that. I think for Jacare. But for whatever reason, Frank Mir didn't do that. He fought some nobody. He won his last strike force fight, and then his UFC debut was against Frank Mir. And then he fought Big Country. And then I believe that's when he went down to light heavyweight and made became Dan Henderson's father. And and then I believe that's when he went on to fight John Jones, was unsuccessful. And then John Jones had all those troubles. He was supposed to fight Anthony Johnson, but it didn't happen. So Cormier stepped in to fight Johnson, choked him out, defended the belt, and fought Jones again. And that's when he got knocked out. And then some stuff happened with Jones again that he got reinstated a week later. Uh, he beats Vulcan Ozdemir. Goes up to heavyweight. Does the ultimate fighter. Becomes champ champ after he knocks out Stipe Miocic. He fights Stipe again, loses, and then the third match. The third match was close to. Point being, Daniel Cormier, you are the man. When the company needed somebody, you put it on your back and you carry the division. Um, you became only the second person to be champ champ behind Conor McGregor because. Amanda and Henry did it after you did. You are the man, Daniel. Congratulations. If anybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, it's you. But that's all I got for you guys. I'll see you guys later. Make sure to follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. The YouTube videos are coming. I'm working on the intro right now. It's coming, guys. I promise. Deuces.